So, yeah, I know if I had money, I would definitely buy this product for sure. You're so kind to pick up. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Until tomorrow, No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice, and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get from experts, as well as the experiences of other makers, the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets, so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. My guest today is the ultimate no-code duo. One is Deepika, the other is Sonia. First, Sonia, and from being born in England to residing in France, from her love for interesting photography to walking in her favorite city, Tokyo, from baking the most delicious cupcakes you can ever taste, Sonia is fascinated with the potential of no code and is learning all she can about card and WordPress to create her own virtual gallery where she shares her photography with the world and Deepika, from Madurai, India to Hong Kong, from having an MBA to being an associate at Credit Agricole, to leaving it all behind and quitting her job, Deepika is a dreamer, and she lets her dreamer side come forth whenever she touches a no-code tool. Deepika is an expert on human nature, is a brave soul building in public, and she is enamored with life and wants to experience all there is to it. And so I already know this episode will be fantastic. Deepika, Sonia, how are you today? Thank you so much for that introduction, Abdulaziz. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, how are you, uh, Sonia? Yeah, thank you so much for the introduction. I was you know, overwhelmed just by listening to that. It was so empowering. Thank you. I just forgot to mention to you, I was actually born in Kenya, but I later grew up in England. So well, that's great. It's a great <laughs> a surprise. <laughs> so you're like uh, tri-continental. I love that. It's a yeah. very good thing. Yeah. And to begin with this, Sonia, I will ask you first, what is your backstory? What brought you here today to becoming a no-code maker? And what was that first moment where you saw and discovered the power of no-code tools? Yeah, uh, thanks for that. Uh, so basically, I was, 
you know, I'm a recent master's graduate in international business. And prior to that, I worked in different industries and had different experience, such as public relations, marketing, uh, teaching experience. And I decided to sort of leave all that behind and go traveling and like sort of live in different countries and teach English in different countries as well. And as returning back to, you know, back to England, I sort of discovered that, okay, I want to sort of gain more knowledge, gain more experience, um, just sort of get more experience with the educational side of gaining more knowledge. And I was always drawn to sort of business or anything to do with, you know, I, I think my interest just changed over time. So, you know, I decided to do my international business master's. And then I just finished this year. And of course, 2020 happened, you know, with, you know, with the whole pandemic and lockdowns and, you know, each country had their own sort of rules. And so I decided, okay, you know what, I, it's going to be quite hard for me to get a job. Why not just share my experiences of what I've done in my life through the no code platform? And that's how I discovered like launch MBA, the community that Deepika and I are a part of. And that's where I met Deepika. And yeah, and that's how sort of I got to know other people, uh, learned about different platforms such as um, Bubble, Webflow, and yeah, as well as WordPress. So I, I thought of maybe using the things that I've shared in my life, such as photography, traveling, what can I bring on this platform? And I think that's where it sort of started. I love that answer. And it reminds me of that, quote by Emerson, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson, where you said your interest changed. And he said the foolish consistency is the hobgloben of little minds, yes. where actually you shouldn't just stick to something because you said you'll stick to it. But priorities have the potential and the right to be changed, because after all, is about doing what is true for you and what is meaningful. And that is what matters above all else. That's right. Yeah. And I think sort of my mind tends to wander. Like I always have different interests. Oh, maybe this, maybe that. And I try and read up on it, do research on it. And I've always sort of liked to step outside the comfort zone rather than just sort of be boxed in one sort of place, you know? So I think like you always discover when you go out there more, when you want to explore different ideas, do different things and sort of challenging your mind and seeing what you can do. And only once you do that, you can actually see what you're capable of doing. Yes, and that's actually how creative and entrepreneurial people are. So it's important to have a team, a person to bring things back to earth, a project manager kind of thinker. Deepika, is that you? Um. <laughs> are you very organized, and a project manager kind of realistic, productive person? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I am that because, uh, as Sonia said, uh, she has too many interests. I too have uh, too many interests, and sometimes I find myself uh, quite overwhelmed with all the choices. And uh, I, I try to manage all the aspects of different projects that I'm currently uh, doing. So, uh, I mean, when I was working, I was kind of organized because that was required of me and uh, you always have deadlines pressing on you. But uh, if you talk about uh, my own personal projects, uh, it's uh, it gets sometimes hard to choose which one you want to go with and uh, um, which one you would like to pursue. But yeah, I mean, if one, one important thing that I've learned is that uh, 
when you're going uh, with certain project, you some someone recently uh, gave me an advice that, you know, if it is not making you uncomfortable, then you've not chosen the right project or you have, you know, not set uh, an unrealistic deadline. So the first project that I'm working on right now is, is like, I felt like, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know about Parkinson's law. No. So it says that the work expands uh, to, you know, uh, occupy the time that you have uh, to, uh, you, you have, uh, you've given, given the time, uh, you've allocated the time to the work. So I was thinking if I allocate one month to work, uh, it will take one month to do it. But if I somehow, you know, uh, if I decide to finish that work in one week, somehow magically I will be able to do that in one week. So, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. So was that successful? Because I understand, I know the Parkinson's law and the student syndrome, which is to do everything in the end. But there is a kind of uh, acute saying in project management that projects will always either take four times as long as you expect or be twice as expensive. So (laughs) nobody really can finish projects on time and on Um, budget and on quality but just to share with you my own heuristic for choosing projects Mm -hmm. I have three criteria and if a project meets two of them I consider it good either it will I will learn something valuable from it and or uh, it will be a good source of income and or I will enjoy it very much So if I'll enjoy it very much and make money but won't learn much, that's okay. If I will learn a lot and make money, I won't enjoy it, uh, it's okay. If I will have a lot of fun, I will learn a lot but I won't make money, that's also a good criteria. So two out of three. Three out of three is ideal, but we are living the real world where it's not really realistic. Sonia, I hear you want to say something. Oh yeah, I was just quite um, you know just listening to what Deepika was saying about that, and I was trying to Google it at the same time, to be honest, because I was quite new to the whole Parkinson's law. If, correct me if I pronounced it wrong. Um, well, yeah, in business, I, we call it the ratchet, uh, the ratchet effect, which is uh, that okay. if you got if you give any department a budget, they will always spend it all, and in this, the budget yeah. is time. And if you give somebody a month to do something, they will use it all. If you give them an hour, they'll do it all. And there is another book. Uh, Let me check the name one second. It's on Agile Productivity. Yeah, it's called Getting Results the Agile Way by G.D. Meyer, who was uh, an executive at Microsoft. And in it, he says actually to budget a number of hours based on the worth of that project to you. So let's say that project, you expect it to bring you $500, let's say, and then you value your hours at X amount. So you say, okay, this project, I will only spend on it uh, this number of hours. And if not, when the clock ticks, that's it. I ship and it's done. Uh, (laughs) That's That's what he does. Yeah. And Deepika, what do you think about this whole discussion? Um, yeah, I was just having this thought that uh, what you said was right. But then uh, I think it also depends on uh, the projects. So, okay, so if if uh, it, it depends on the complexity of the project also. If there are too many stakeholders involved, you know, uh, then obviously uh, 
you need certain things to be finished once before you know you can uh, jump onto the next step but if it is something which is totally in your control then uh, it is much more easier to organize so yes, yeah and i agree yeah. with you but yeah. there is this movement in lean creating which is that you should aim for version 3 of your project to be the final version which means that version 1 is the minimum viable product or the least that you can do to have something working and then let the market tell you what to change afterwards and version two is a bit better and you always think okay version three is what i want to have that's my ideal so that you kill perfectionism because otherwise shipping anxiety kicks in and you keep to move the shipping line and you're like no no a, a bit more a bit more and it's never satisfactory because human endeavor is never perfect and there is always more to do that's, no, that's an interesting thought yeah yeah i think i read that on twitter somewhere someone tweeted something about something about you know you'll never always be happy with your version one uh, and you know if you would just put it out there let sort of your customers or your audience sort of decide you can always tweak it up and like you said your version two and your version three tends to be sort of the ultimate one where you tend to be sort of um, not not proud of, but I guess it's the one that tends to maybe work for you. Yeah, I, I read that tweet somewhere and it was quite interesting. And I think sometimes, like you said, if you just get the version one out there and with our human sort of personalities, our characteristics, we're never sort of happy with what we've sort of made. I mean, I spent so much time on my website and I was thinking, oh, this could have been better. This could have been better. I mean, I could have, I could keep doing that until next year and not have it out yet. And I thought to myself, actually, just have it out and see what sort of what you get out of it, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I think that's yeah. yeah. Tell me, Deepika, and I would like you also, since we didn't even speak about it, what is the potential and the meaning of no code to you? But please comment also on the project management aspect of it. Um, okay, so uh, let me give you a little uh, background on how I discovered no code. So um, when I quit my job, I was like, uh, I, I knew that I wanted to do something on my own. And uh, I'd been kind of uh, attracted towards startup world. And I always had so many ideas. Uh, but the, but, but the thing with starting something up is that uh, it kind of seems intimidating in terms of you need uh, a big team, uh, you probably need a tech founder. So I always kind of held myself back that, uh, okay, this is something huge to be achieved. But when I left my job and I was like, okay, now I want to do something that I love and I want to work on my ideas. And uh, um I honestly wanted to start creating something. So uh, I wanted to start a YouTube channel. Uh, and I don't know how, but I was just uh, going uh, down the rabbit hole and I found no code. And uh, I was totally amazed. So I when, I when I got to know about no-code tools and I had no idea before that what, what was possible without knowing code. And uh, then I uh, found this uh, community uh, Sonia told about earlier, Launch MBA. And uh, it was like, you, you have to ship 12 pro products in 12 months. And uh, it tells you the idea, it gives you the idea of, you know, uh, that you 
to achieve the final product or to achieve a, a product that actually works, you have to go through uh, the phase of, you know, failing again and again. So uh, that was what, what was on my mind because I like to learn quite fast. And I know that you really cannot uh, progress without uh, failing and learning. So I joined it. And uh, since then, uh, I am kind of exploring at this point. And uh, because in the in the beginning, I got really overwhelmed uh, with all the options. So I thought that it'll be a good idea if uh, someone else wants to start in this space to create a resource book for them uh, so that when they are starting, they don't really have to, you know, go through uh, the phase that I went through and uh, uh, find the options. Uh, they just, they can just uh, find all the resources in one place and then can just, you know, kickstart kick, uh, kickstart their journey. So you're creating the library of no code in a sense. Um, it's not really uh, specific to no code. It's uh, um, I, I was earlier calling it Passion Economy Playbook, but uh, right now I am thinking of uh, changing the name to uh, somewhat like creation to, uh, sorry, consumption to creation journey. So it's a resource book which enables you uh, to go from consumption to creation. So that could yes. be any sphere. Yeah, That's quite interesting. Yeah, And to give you a tip, actually, instead of you choosing and picking a name that sounds good to you, mm -hmm. is there a possibility that you will have a few of your ideal target people go through it and then they will say the name that they want you to call it without even saying that? They'll say, oh, my God, for example, you helped me so much uh, get my project off the ground with these ideas, then you're like, oh, okay, that's the title. Get your project off the ground or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's quite, well, that's you know? Quite, yeah, that's quite good, actually, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it will resonate. When, when people say something, that's what they want to hear. Marketing, in many ways, you are the mirror for people, and therefore they want to hear the words that they want that they use return back so that you are uh, an in-group bias. That's why, for example, in no-code, maker, shipping, lunch, MBA, car, those are words that mean something to us. You go to someone in the wild out there and you say, oh, what are you shipping today? They'll be like, what? What's, what are you talking about? But That's exactly <laughs> how I felt when I first joined Launch MBA. <laughs> In fact, when I heard the word shipping, I was like, okay, am I in the wrong group? You know, what is this? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. I think it's quite important, like um, what, what you just mentioned, when you sort of like gives, you've, you've already said something, automatically the other person would sort of resonate to that sort of sentence or what you've sort of marketed. But sometimes when you go out of the box and you just maybe put a sentence or you're describing your product without giving the name to it and people would maybe start thinking or okay maybe this could be a good idea or this could be a good name or I don't know maybe I just see things in a different way <laughs> no it's good you should to be an innovator you should see things in a different way and now I would like you know for us to to do my favorite section which is let's make your idea have the messaging that can turn it into really engaging marketing. So 
Sonia, can we begin with you since Deepika was just speaking now and sharing about her life story, which is very fascinating. So I would like also to give you the podium a little bit. Can you share an idea that is meaningful to you that you're working on right now and an idea that has the potential either to be to spread or to be monetized, you know, not just a fun hobby because that's a different style of marketing. Yeah. So, um, of course, the first project was just a personal photography website that I was working on and it was just to exhibit my pictures on a platform and share it with the world. And I feel like I can share a lot and these, all these pictures have a story to, sh- to say itself. And that was more of a personal thing. But the second project, I had an interest was around solo female travelers. So I've had the chance to sort of travel to different countries alone by myself. And of course, as a brown Indian woman, that can sort of be not frowned upon, but sometimes a lot of people, sort of from my background, and again, this is my opinions only, might sort of feel, okay, how do we travel alone? Or how do you, how do you travel alone, Sonia? Like, how did you just get up and leave? What were the initial stages that you 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 know, you took. So I want to make a platform where I want to sort of encourage other women to travel and not sort of feel like they can't travel by themselves. And there is a movement. There are women that I'm seeing who are traveling and by themselves, like as solo female travelers. And I think there's always that side to it. Oh, it's unsafe. Or a woman can't do this, or it's it's unsafe for her to sort of travel. You know, I've heard so many silly remarks over time, and I just sort of do what I feel is right for me, and of course, taking certain precautions. So I want to be able to share my experiences on a platform where people can sort of resonate with that and maybe use that as a tool maybe for them. It could be like travel tips or it could be some sort of like recommendations or advice or where they can find relevant resources. So I want to create that sort of platform. And another project that I was sort of leaning towards was something around maybe providing something around culture because I love culture. I wanted to make maybe like an app or something uh, that sort of, you know, people sort of have an idea about different cultures, but I want to get more into the nitty gritty parts of it. And this is predominant, predominantly around Asia because I've traveled to Asia quite often and I'm, I'm a big fan of sort of Asian culture. And yeah, I'm, I'm still deciding on what it would be and how I will sort of work around that. But that's something, something down the road. So yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And to say first, the project about culture, what problem does that serve? Because if there is no problem being, um, you know, fixed, that's a hobby, not a business. That's right. Exactly. So that's where I always face the dilemma of how to get a product that would sort of have um, a business element to it rather than just a hobby. And I was having, I was actually having a chat with um, one of the girls from Launch MBA last week, and she said, the idea is great, but what you could do is use that same sort of idea in like in different sort of products and you can sort of expand it as a business. And so I guess sometimes it's good to have that passion for that product, but how do you monetize it and how to make a business out of it? I always tend to sort of struggle on that sides of, you know, on that aspects, I guess. And I'm still trying to figure out how to, okay, what problem does it solve? I think like when I've seen from my personal experience and from other people that I've seen who have been traveling, I feel like people always misjudge culture or misjudge someone's country or their values or their customs. And yeah, okay, you can Google it or read it up online, but why not have an app where it would have all that information 
even if it's just basic information or something like like a tool for them to be able to navigate when traveling. So it's something along those yes. on those lines I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, just just off the top of my head, like because I have traveled solo as well, and uh, I think I've briefly discussed it with, with Sonia about uh, because when she shared this idea with me, now uh, it just strikes me that uh, possibly because obviously there there is so much information available online about culture, but everything is fragmented. So I'm not sure if if uh, a community would be a good answer. A community where um, the solo traveler, solo female travelers, are supported by each other, and uh, uh, you get comprehensive information on culture of the countries that they're visiting. Yes. Thank you, Deepika. That's wonderful, and I love the idea. And I'm 100% for community and to help our listeners and you. That is the implementation, and what interests me more is focusing on the idea to make sure that it's valid and working. So to me, personally, can we, Sonia, I mean, that's wonderful. And whatever idea we have, if you turn it into a community, so with like full love and respect, Deepika, I don't want you to feel like um, uh, this is a criticism. Uh, Just Sonia, I believe you have a personal story when it comes to solo female travel that makes you the right person to follow that idea. So let's now turn it into a solution to a problem. Okay. The first thing is you said that you want to raise awareness and encourage women to travel solo. First, that is a very, very hard thing to monetize compared (laughs) to to women who are already solo travelers and you supporting their needs. Because to try to change the behavior of someone, it's something that if you had a billion dollars and you wanted to make like all women in England become more solo travelers, I will say, of course, go for it. But as a, as a bootstrapping entrepreneur, it's much better to do something for women who are solo traveling already. And you mentioned something, safety. So can it be that you provide resources for women to travel to countries solo and know how to stay safe, the safest places, the safest drinks, the safest foods, the safest hostels, the safest um, locations in the center, uh, the safest places to visit. Could this be something that resonates? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking on the other day as well when I was brainstorming my ideas as to make it a bit more, um, not to not to expand it too much, but to narrow it down to what, you know, and I came down to safety. And I think safety is one of the most critical elements when traveling as a woman. And yeah, that's absolutely spot on. So I was thinking of the idea of ranking the countries that I've traveled to where I found the most safest and what I did or, you know, and what I could sort of offer in terms of like suggestions or those resources that I used, which I found were useful to me. And I like that idea of um, that you mentioned that maybe perhaps target solo female travelers who are already traveling by themselves. Yes. And let's, you know, I will suggest since this seems so um, 
hitting home to me, I would say, because I'm a solo traveler. Although as a teenager, I saved like a lot of money. My dream was to go to Rio de Janeiro. And for oh, nice. a full year, I was learning Brazilian Portuguese, Eu Falo Portuguese, Spain. And I was like saving money. And it was my graduation from high school. So I expected some money to come out of it. And then I traveled cheaply to stay for four weeks in Rio de Janeiro in a hostel. And I spoke Brazilian Portuguese and I met locals and I planned the whole trip. And everybody was like saying it's so dangerous, but I was walking near favelas without uh, much problems and stayed, you know, out late and nothing happened. So I was like, I created this and people will be like where are your friends i'm like i'm alone here in this place yes. i'm like are you crazy <laughs> they like are you crazy to travel solo especially to brazil i'm like yeah that's my style that's how i do it <laughs> so okay let's say this uh, solo female travelers want to experience the world but safety is a real issue yeah. You, Sonia, as an experienced solo female traveler, yeah. you have this system where you can you have already been to the places and you can tell those women where are the best countries that are most safe for solo female travelers, which activities will be most exciting and safe for solo female travelers, and which sites out of the uh, touristic path are still safe but really wonderful for solo female travelers so you encourage them today to join your community so that they will be able to experience more maybe meet up and make friends with like-minded people and stay safe and protected while they explore the world because if they stay alone then they can be risk and danger in any moment and that can both do two things it's personal harm to them and the story of a solo female traveler that anything bad happens to her will share with the world that negative view and other women will not take the courage to travel alone and that is not right yes so i guess it's more of a positive impact than yeah but I, yeah, yeah. yeah, tell me, ask me, but it's your idea, so it has to be no, no, I think it's absolutely spot on. But I think, like, sometimes I think it's always good to have not that negative element, but maybe raising that awareness okay, so and so experienced something here, but what can you do about it? Maybe avoid that area, or maybe avoid that street, or avoid eating at this place, or avoid going to this hostel. Because yes. from the negative comes out that positive for someone else, perhaps like they would maybe avoid that when they travel to that particular destination. Um, I love your idealism and I share your views 100,000%. Yeah. But the truth is two things. In marketing, if you're only positive, nobody buys because the brain is more than twice as motivated by negative things than right. it is by positive. And the second the lizard brain part of us you know lizards when they get hurt in a place they don't even come near there at all they don't just say okay this specific spot i will come near it but i won't touch the spot no they just don't even go that direction anymore which means like you said a negative story 
theoretically should raise awareness, but in practice, it makes people not even want to go to that city or country at all. That's actually true. Yeah, I didn't think that way. But yeah, that's, that's a good point that you mentioned. So yes, after people become part of your community, you can be positive and lovely. But before <laughs> they pay you money, they won't pay you if you're only positive. Uh, that's true. If, Unless you're like uh, raising money for charity. And even those you see the ads, they show starving children and cats who are like uh, maimed and uh, so many other things like that. They don't show happy people dancing. And like, we're so happy. Please support us. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work. That's true. That's true. That's true. No, thanks for that tip. I'll, I'll definitely keep that suggestion in mind. Thank you. And this is like, because what I'm saying fits all the valid criteria of great marketing. So I'm not yeah, just... Of course doing like what i said that there was you why are you the right person to say this blah 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 three step you need because every plan if you have more than three steps people get into the um uh, the paradox of choice and they don't stop decision if you tell people four things they act on none so the maximum mm -hmm. is three that's why i said you know um the the country the activity and the place those were the yes. three and i said join my community today which is called to action and i said you know the the positive that will happen and the negative and what they wanted and all that so please listen to this write it down and test it go to some solo entrepreneur women yes and say, oh let's ask Deepika, would you buy this product if this message came to you and you were thinking about solo travel and you had the money because i know you quit your job so i'm not sure about solo travel right now <laughs> okay imagine corona wasn't there what would this be no or i would can even make it more specific you can say and how to avoid corona in uh, the cool foreign countries yeah no i i think that it's a great idea and uh, I I think I would buy 100% because, uh, first of all, when I'm going uh, solo, when I'm traveling solo, um, I am like a lot of time goes into research, uh, researching about the place. Uh, and I'm not a kind of person who, you know, uh, goes with a checklist. I just uh, I just have a few places that I have to visit uh, in every country. Uh, that I'm visiting in every country or in every city. Otherwise, I would just l let myself guide myself. You know, if, if you if you know what I mean. So that will definitely help me in in the sense that uh, with, while I'm exploring uh, on on feed, uh, when I'm just going on about uh, my travel, exploring the city, talking to people, I don't end up in in a place that I don't want to be in. So, and uh, I've had some instances where. Uh, I think I did not, I, I did not do research enough research, and luckily, um, I, I just got away. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know if I had money, I would definitely buy this product for sure. You're so kind to pick up. That's actually, you know, wonderful, Sonia. She is in your target market, so this was gold. What she said gave me this idea that you can position your own personal branding, Sonia, as I curate so that you don't have to research for your safety. Yeah. You can be the curator for that information, and that is valuable. You can even have a newsletter where, like, two times per week you share one tip about some location 
And yes. that newsletter can be the um, beginning of the funnel to get people into your either like an app that shares all the best tips about specific places and even culture, if you wish, or a community. Yeah, yeah I think that was the whole purpose of, um, you know, starting out something exactly what you what you mentioned. And I think one of the main reasons why I was really interested to do this, it was that when I went traveling to different places or just like friends or friends or family, the first question I would get would be, how do you do it? I'd get this question a lot of the times like a lot of my female friends how do you do it how do you just get up and leave like why do you do it or is it safe and those are like some of the three questions that I would always hear you know constantly and and when I was in Japan a few years ago and I remember like a group of guys that they were traveling by themselves as well and you know they said to me oh you're so brave you're here by yourself and you're traveling and are you alone do you have any friends are you not afraid of your safety And I'd always, like, for me, from the back of my mind, because I was so enthusiastic about seeing places, and so safety wasn't that sort of an issue that was alarming to me until I arrived to the country. Like, I kind of knew because I did my research, a lot of research, but then sometimes it's all about luck and timing, you know? And I think, yeah, I think I just had this eagerness to just do it. And, yeah, so I think some of those oldest questions, putting it together, I wanted to perhaps create this platform advising other women as well. Yeah. Yes, and to test it, you know, exactly to test it, yeah, with a minimal viable product. Can you create like a, a short ebook saying how I travel solo, you know, how I travel as a solo female, and then see how you know how many people show interest? So that can be the testing for the idea before committing everything. Exactly, exactly. That's interesting. And Deepika, it's your turn. Do you have an idea that is brewing in your mind or meaningful to you? Give me like the biggest one that you have most clarity and information on so that when we I ask questions, it's easy to answer, you know, or yeah. the one that you would love to make happen the most. Right. Um, okay. So for me, it's really important. So, okay. Uh, How do I put it? So, okay, in my sense, in my opinion, or for me, what's mo most important is for people to find the work that they love. Okay. So I know that because uh, I have tried really so many things in my life. I have, uh, I've had kind of a random career and uh, I have studied different things. I worked at different places and uh, I am kind of always trying to figure out what is it that I want to you know, really do, as they say, that find your passion, find your calling. And uh, eventually I figured out that my calling is to help people uh, get the work or be, be in the work or doing the work that they really love. Okay. And uh, when I was looking, when I was in, uh, in the corporate world and I was trying to find a job for myself, um, honestly, uh, when I looked at the job descriptions, It always was so demotivating for me uh, that uh, I really could not bring myself to apply for any any jobs because uh, it feels like uh, I am a totally different person and uh, the job descriptions are meant for a robot kind of it, it comes to me like that 
that you need to be, you know, you know, you need to know all these things and you have to have uh, these skills. And I don't think that uh, there's a perfect person for that. And for me, it's really important for organizations when they're hiring or even when people are getting together to work, it's really important to see how uh, you fit in terms of uh, your beliefs and values uh, rather than, uh, you know, hearts, rather than in terms of hard skills. And uh, I've been trying to figure out how I could go about uh, achieving that. But um I've just I, I just hit a wall every time, so I Look, really have no idea. Wonderful, because you know I believe wholeheartedly that people run companies, not skills, and to get people who have the same values at the company is more important because those people can learn the skills. However, I have many questions about this. First, do you want to help people find? their purpose or they already know it and you help them find the job that matches it and second do you believe those people because like you said you will be demotivated to even apply in -hmm. many ways those people who are like you and me and sonia probably they become entrepreneurs because there isn't really a place in the regimented corporate world or business that fits the personality so i guess it's three questions mm-hmm. do you help people know their purpose or they already know it and you help them turn it into a job or uh, do you think that a better fit for will be for them to turn their purpose into a, a tool or an app or a business uh, that's quite interesting um okay so um in a way, I wanted to help people uh, to know what they would like to do or uh, to help people find their purpose. But uh, I feel like uh, if... Uh, okay, I am I, kind of lost here. So I feel like... Uh, so when, when, I, when I quit my job, I had uh, in mind to uh, kind of start coaching because... Formally, not formally, but informally, I have coached uh, a few people in my corporate career, and then uh, some of some of the people uh, from my college, or uh, yeah, I mean, just just an alumni network, and uh, uh, just just asking them questions if if they uh, are talking to me, if they are sharing their dreams with me, just talking to them, and uh, you know, uh, trying to get deeper into what they actually want. Uh, pushing them into the right direction as to what they want to do and uh, just finding out if there is some uh, mindset which is blocking them from achieving what they want. Uh, There is that thing. Another thing is, like you said, that uh, the probably corporate world is not meant for people like us because there is no job description that would truly fit us. But uh, at the same time, I feel that uh, in a way, uh, some people who would be in the long term, maybe, you know, starting their own entrepreneurial journey, but they have to have some kind of experience. They have to, uh, I think, go through that journey 
to uh, have some experience before they start something of their own. Not necessarily for everyone, but I would say for most people. For them, I feel that uh, they should not be stuck in in a job where you know their skills are not uh, a perfect fit their skills or their personality is not a perfect fit and they are not getting uh, the maximum value so it's not even just about them it's about the company as well so uh, it has to be like they say the the right time right person in the right place at the right time so it's too hard to control, I know, but uh, that's that's where I want to go. And um, I forget your third question. No, thank you. So that's where you want to go. It's something that touches your heart, correct? Yeah, yeah. Great. So we'll focus on this because I was going to ask you this question and let me ask you anyway. Mm-hmm. Knowing your skills and this idea what could be an even better use of your skills, abilities, and resources? Uh, okay, so I'm brewing up this idea kind of, uh, uh, I wanted to do the same for, <clears throat> sorry, entrepreneurs. Like uh, uh, when I'm talking to people, I'm trying to find out the people who are um, already on their entrepreneurial journey. They are not necessarily in the corporate world. I I hear this a lot that uh, the journey is kind of alone and uh, they get a lot of support uh, in terms of uh, idea validation, marketing and uh, finding product market fit. You know, um, there are mentors who can help them uh, with their questions about starting up a business and uh, growth and everything else. But uh, there is this thing where uh, you know, I think it, it it happens to all of us that we go through these kind of phases where we are self-doubting ourselves and uh, we go through uh, phases where we think we are not we're probably good enough and uh, imposter syndrome ki- kicks in. So I was I was just thinking because uh, as you I probably I might be rambling because it's not really clear in my head. But uh, I was thinking of maybe starting a community where, you know, uh, entrepreneurs or or people who are starting out can be supported uh, just just for this this uh, portion, you know, just for their emotions so that they can manage their emotions well. So earlier I was thinking about broadly about people in corporate world, but uh, now because I am mostly in touch with people in this sphere, I am thinking in these terms. What are your thoughts? Thank you. In theory, that's a wonderful idea. And in practice, to sell something that is more emotional is very, very hard unless you become a celebrity. You know, if you're Tony Robbins, you can sell it. If you're uh, Oprah, no, really, I'm not. So how can we make this more of a concrete thing where it's a measurable result where they can say, okay, for example, I stayed um, one year without shipping my project and then I you helped me. So now in 30 days, I already see uh, something that is out there in the world. But like I will say to you, and you began in the right way, 
coaching mm-hmm. is the best way to know what people want so that you get their ideas that will resonate and that people will want to buy. It's the best tool to get paid to do market research. But um, with coaching, my my actual limitation is that uh, somehow I feel that it's not scalable. So because uh, coaching requires yes. time and I have limited time. So, That's what the, I, has, uh, I said mm-hmm. that, I mean, yes, you have limited time, but what is worse? Uh, spending time coaching to get the idea for an app that can scale or guessing and failing again and again and again and keeping your schedule open <laughs> and busy with other things. You know, when it comes to priorities, uh, spending time speaking to your prospects and clients is the $10,000 per hour kind of work, which means it's more valuable than anything else because you don't, you don't force people to buy or you don't make people buy. You find what they are already needing and wanting but they didn't really communicate it or understand it well and you bring a new innovative way to give them that solution which means that it's a handicap to not spend more time speaking to the people who will buy your product like sonia should spend as much time as possible after she releases because something is called speed of implementation is essential for success she should just write one page release it and then every woman that gets her feedback you tell her oh i love this can we get on a quick call and speak for 15 minutes and you speak to her and understand her needs and that will make you succeed but trying to like stay in your lair like we are introverted at this i am and we like to think we're like the wizard or like that evil genius who's creating the machine (laughs) that once you hit the button is gonna destroy the world or make humanity happy it doesn't it it fails what happens Mm -hmm. is number one like Sonia can even do a coaching version where she begins by saying, I coach solo entrepreneurs with the same message I said instead of community. And by understanding them, they will give her all the ammunition to understand exactly what scalable thing to create. And Deepika, a community is not a low time (laughs) intensive thing at all. Yeah. So to ask you, let's, okay. Let's make this idea fit you more since if I understand you correctly, your criteria is you want something scalable that helps people and doesn't take too much time from you, correct? Uh, It's like I want to uh, help as many people as I can with my time. So uh, time is not really uh, an issue, but... uh, uh, if in 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 an hour I can help ten people, I would like to do so rather than helping just one person. Yes, and let's say this. Let's say, would it be worth it to you to spend one hundred hours helping one hundred people to be able to help uh, uh, ten thousand, or to just stay at home, brainstorming, 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 release something, and then 20 people buy it, and then that's it, and you have to brainstorm again and deal with the public shipping shame and all that stuff. Of course. <laughs> that's quite obvious. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you because it seems it's like uh, life is easy if we live it the hard way and hard if we live it the easy way. When we try sometimes to take shortcuts when it comes to when we try to take shortcuts when it comes to market research, what happens is your next three projects will fail and they could have been wonderful and really successful, but they don't because something was missing and we don't know what we don't know. You don't know what you don't know. It's in the minds and the brains of your prospects. They know the, what is missing to make your idea a great success. Right. So, yeah. So I need to find people and talk to them. And then, so, yeah, okay, I get it. So I'm living in my head right now. And I should actually... Yeah, it's normal. But let's make yeah. this message even like, even if you ask them for free, mm-hmm. you have to do good marketing because people's time and attention isn't free. They pay with it. So you can't just say, oh, uh, I would like to speak to you for 15 minutes. And I'll be like, oh, yes. Wonderful. No, you have like, like, like Sonia, she has to tell them, you know, I will help you and get some uh, better processes and ideas to travel solo safely. And we will have a community that will support each other. And I'll be there for you to answer any of your concerns and tell you how to do it correctly. Even if it's free, they'll be like, okay, this is a good idea. But if you say, Sonia, look, I'm cute. I make cupcakes. Can you speak with me? <laughs> like oh, oh yes yes no no <laughs> and they don't show up on the call. Oh <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh my god, that's so hilarious! <laughs> um, you know, actually, uh, Abdulaziz, I think that's absolutely spot on what you what you said. I think the whole marketing aspect to it is it's, it's so important. And like you said, people value time and time is money in a sense. And I feel like Dipika could possibly start off just with the launch MBA community. I mean, there's so many offers in in the community as it is. And we're all on Slack. And maybe she could just perhaps market it in such a way, like you said, and get some maybe maybe get some potential people just just from the community just to get their, you know, some ideas flowing through to see if this is something that Deepika might want to sort of implement here or there and yes yeah Deepika if I may recommend don't speak more than I mean like of course I know it's like you'll be excited about your idea and you want to share it and all that just simply listen and even transcribe like ask them exactly what is your biggest problem that is emotional when it comes to you know being an entrepreneur and creating your thing and listen maybe now you think it's the imposter syndrome and it turns out no it's uh, that they want to be a good role model to their fut- to their children so they want to be successful and be that and if you speak about the imposter syndrome it won't mm-hmm. resonate they will think that's cute but i care about my children so goodbye busy and that's it you know what i mean so yeah yeah, yeah no, i know what you mean yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's very important to ask the right questions and uh, you have to listen rather than, you know, uh, as they say, lead the witness in legal terms. Yeah. So I've been, I know. Talking, to people. I've been talking to people, but then uh, this is really helpful. Uh, yeah, I will tweak my questions and uh, I will listen more rather than just giving. I will the give answer. you a great question. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. that will help you. So do you have like a notepad or something yeah, that you used it even before this? Okay. One second. I will, I will say it because it's a really good question that I sometimes use it with guests. But I will ask it to both of you actually and then it will be like the finishing touch. I'll begin with Sonia to keep, uh, you know, deep kind of suspense and intrigue, <laughs> like Hitchcock, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, Sonia. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. If we were having this discussion five years from today and you were looking back over these five years, what has to have happened in your life, both personally and professionally, for you to feel happy with your progress? Oh, wow. So I'm already five years ahead of time, right? And yes, so I'm looking and you're back looking back. So have I already been sort of successful or have I progressed already? Or You're satisfied and happy with the results. So what happened during that time? Okay, so during that time, I think a lot of failures. <laughs> and I learned from those failures. And I basically just took that risk and I did it. I think that's just going with aligning with how I am as a person. So I'm just going to put those, those words and sentences together, if that makes any sense. Yes. And I love it. And Deepika, did you hear something that is very relevant to you? I just to test you. She said something indirectly that is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I am... I don't think you did. No. She said, I took that risk. Listen to what she said. I took that risk, which means yeah. that she has an issue with taking risks, which means yeah. if you can help her take more risks, she will pay you for it. So that's that's exactly what she said. She told you. And then you can even make an ebook, take that risk and publish it. And then people who are similar to her will be like, oh my God, she understands me so much. I love this woman. I want her to be my my um, sugar mommy. <laughs> and I will go on her community today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Deepika is true, actually. <laughs> oh, Come on, you need to make that book on Take That Risk. I need it. <laughs> okay. I'm just yeah, she make... told you what she wants to buy. Like, people tell you. That's why you have to pay attention, not attention think. Attention to what they say, yeah. I'm not, you know, maybe because I meditate and all that. I stop from my brain and I listen. And when you listen, people tell you exactly. Like, that's what she is like the biggest one of the biggest things that she needs right now sonia is the coaching or help or community or program that will help her take that risk and to you deepika if we were having this discussion 12 months uh, 12 months from today so not 5 years since i think you you'll probably be have done 50 things in 5 years so just 12 months <laughs> And you are looking back over the next... <laughs> You're laughing. I can't even ask a question. Sorry. That's no, fine. Okay, Deepika. If we were having this discussion 12 months from today and you are looking back at mm -hmm. these next 12 months, what has to have happened in your life, both personally and professionally, for you to feel happy with your progress? Um, okay, so right now at this stage where I am at, I am quite happy and satisfied because I bet on myself and 
I think uh, 12 years from now, um, oh, 12 sorry, months. 12, no, 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> I love your long term thinking. You're a visionary. <laughs> and just when Abdulaziz talked about listening, <laughs> let's emphasize on the listening like- element. <laughs> how she thinks in 12 years no, there's no short term a surprise for me because I was totally when Sonia was you know uh, telling about her five year uh, journey I was thinking about mine I was like okay what will I be like and I was thinking about five years and then you're suddenly like no tell me about 12 months um I think, uh, yeah, I will be quite happy because I right now where I'm at, I am quite happy and satisfied. And um, 12 months from now, uh, I would be, uh, I think, at the same level uh, of happiness or probably even more content uh, if I have a project which uh, I have finally uh, am running successfully, if I can say, yeah. So because what I, does success I, mean to you? Because uh, you said successfully. What does that mean? How does it look like? Um, so I, in the next 12 months, I I plan to try a lot many things because, uh, as I said earlier, that I have so many interests. And uh, I want to try different things and figure out what works for me. And by the end of 12 months, I see... Uh, a project that is uh, touching upon different interests of mine and uh, it is providing value to me as well as other people. And at the same time, it is generating money for me. It, it might not be enough money for me to survive, but it is generating money. <laughs> yes. And I heard something you said earlier. Yeah. I bet on myself it yeah. is something meaningful to you. Yeah, it's very meaningful for me because... Um, yes. So understand like the, the biggest, you know, there are two ways to go about marketing. There is the intermediate way, which is about features and benefits. And we spoke about that. Mm-hmm. And the second is about in-group and out-group. When you speak about your values and you let people who have the same values come to you and therefore they will buy things because they feel you're like family. So... That's what you should even write uh, on your Twitter and repeat every day. Like, I, my people are the people who bet on themselves. Or if you want to bet on yourself, follow me. Or I help people bet on themselves. Or I bet on myself. You And I can show you how you can too. And that's very emotional, which fits what you need. And it gets you people who you will like. Not yeah. people who will be hating, you know. Yeah. You'll be excited to speak with them. That's right. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. Mike says, just do it. You say, bet on yourself. That will be your slogan or tagline. And I believe this can take your marketing to the next level. Until you clarify your idea, you will be building a community based on this idea I that I help makers bet on themselves or which who would be more targeted like people who are employees they will become makers or makers ship and bet on themselves in this way you said i bet on myself yeah 
is it meaningful to you to help others bet on themselves or it's not so? Only it's selfishly betting on yourself only. No, I mean, definitely, I would want more people to bet on uh, themselves. And uh, the idea of, uh, you know, starting the uh, the playbook that I talked about earlier is is more or less that because I see there are so many options. I see that there are so many opportunities. And at the same time, uh, I have friends and the, the corporate world that I'm coming from. I see that people, people... Uh, know that this is not for them and uh, they know somehow they know somehow that uh, they have more potential uh, they they can achieve something more but it's just that they don't know what they can do so the the playbook that i was uh, the uh, i'm intending to write and which i now changed the name from consumption to creation was kind of to uh, let people know see this is what is possible. So you don't really have to stay where you are. You can move and achieve what you want. So, yes. yeah, definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. My biggest advice to both of you, Sonia, mm-hmm. yes. it's meaningful to you to take that risk. Can you align everything in your ideas under the umbrella that you help people take that risk? Because that's your journey, the journey you are on. Yes. I mean, so, so you can say, I help, I don't mean it like this is what you say, but the idea is you help solo female travelers take the risk of traveling alone to foreign countries and have a great jolly time without taking risks or endangering their safety, something like that. No, I think that's... Um... Oh, sorry, do you want me to make a sentence or do you want me no, to... No, no, no. I'm just saying that if you keep in mind that what is meaningful oh, yes, to you, sure. what is meaningful to you is taking that risk. When you That's speak right. the truth, what, what is meaningful to you, that is really, really co- persuasive and convincing. The truth is the best propaganda. <laughs> there is something to say. So uh, marketing isn't always about finding the clever way to say something. It's saying what resonates with your heart. And to Deepika, it's... Uh, bet on yourself so if you can align everything you do it's everything you say relates to how it helps people bet on themselves how you stand for betting uh, or for people betting on themselves and you bet on yourself every day and you also sonia how you take risks maybe in your photography do i took this shot i didn't know whether it's gonna be good but i took that risk before it was late and i'm proud of myself and that is really really like the essence, the summary of all your marketing yeah. should be take that risk and bet on yourself. Oh, that, that's, a, that's a brilliant idea. Thank you for that's that. Good advice, actually. Yeah, that's Thank really you. good advice. I think the element of risk, I think it really resonates with me personally because in life, I've always just had this attitude of just go do it, you know, that attitude of like, yeah. okay, just go do it, take that risk, you know. And, you know, I've had times when I've sort of traveled and I have taken the risk of hitchhiking or, you know, been stranded in the middle of the nowhere or up in a mountain, couldn't come back down. Or it's just so many risks that have actually those risks have made me meet other new people and their journeys and who, have, who I'm still in contact with. So I feel like risk is definitely like one of those values that I really holds and sort of resonates with me as well. 
And the beautiful thing, it opens up everything you can offer so that you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into one thing. Anything that helps people take risk, you can congruently sell or talk about. And Deepika, anything that helps people bet on themselves, then is becomes fair play and something you can talk about without confusing people or being incongruent, you know. Something confusing will be like the Mars bars making four by four cars that are the Mars four by four. You're like, what? <laughs> this is weird. So that's why it's important in marketing to choose something that allows you flexibility to create many projects as long as the umbrella is for Deepika, bet on yourself. And for Sonia, take that risk. That's quite interesting. That's, yeah. I, I think that's also a really big problem, at least for me. So yeah, I would really like to thank you because uh, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been trying to since I've I've started this journey. It's like uh, uh, it, it has been confusing in the sense that uh, I don't know how to talk to people in terms of uh, they say that you have to niche down. Uh, find the interests but uh, right now the thing that you said that you you have this umbrella of bet on yourself and then you can uh, talk about just anything if uh, you know if you are using yes. that umbrella so yeah that's that's really uh, look, look there are levels to great marketing if yeah. you know nothing about marketing then yes niche down and become specific because it forces you to not speak about things that will be random. Like I said, the Mars bars, for example, starting mm -hmm. a motivational speaking seminar, it won't sound right. And people who don't understand what is their core message will mess it up. But now that you know your core message, that's your North Star, your guiding compass. And now you know you can do anything that relates to um, bet on yourself and take that risk. It can be solo female, female travel or it can be anything else that relates to um, emotional or even like helping people with the uh, encyclopedia of all the apps available and all the resources that fits under take that risk and you don't have to niche down in any way because your niche is take that risk and um, bet on yourself. That's great. Oh, that's, that, that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And to end, since this is probably the longest episode I've ever did, done, and I love that. It's wonderful. It's a duo, so it deserves twice as much the fun and the joy and the fulfillment. <laughs> where, Sonia, where can people find you? Where can they hear more? Where they can get in touch? And then, so right now, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. Um, I've just made. I've just joined Twitter, like literally back in November. So everyone can like find me on Twitter, which um, the username is like BKS Sonia. It's a bit long, but that's what I had it as of yet. And actually yesterday I just bought my first domain name and I'm really proud of myself. So it will be Sonia Photography. So I will be making my website live by the end of the month. And that, that would be going up on my Twitter as well. Great. And Deepika, how can people get in touch, learn more, and enjoy the wisdom of the great Deepika? Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, so if you want to enjoy the wisdom, I don't know how great that is at this point, but yeah, yeah I mean, uh, please feel free to get in touch with me on Twitter. Uh, that's where I am most active right now, and my handle is uh, Deepika underscore RN. So that's D double E P I K A underscore RN. And uh, I actually uh, just like just because Sonia mentioned her personal website, I did a personal website on which she has provided me provided me some comments on. So I'm working on my website as well. And uh, when it is up, uh, uh, it will be there on Twitter. So yeah, Twitter is the best way. Anyway, I will say to the listener: if you write a review on Apple Podcast for this show and send me a screenshot on Twitter at NoCodeWealth. I will give you the same one-hour consulting on your idea or business for free. So get to reviewing, and I wish you a great day. Deepika, I wish you a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your advice, for your time. It was really very meaningful. Mm-hmm.